Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. Booyah, it's Todd. And I'm Obert. And guys, I have a, an admission for you. Oh, okay. Welcome, welcome, my son. Please sit over here. Tell me what you need to confess. <laughs> uh, for my entire life, I figured that I was a perfect individual. I never messed anything up, never did anything wrong. That but, sounds like pretty normal, but, healthy behavior. <laughs> but then you were mistaken. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, well, I was mistaken because last week on the episode when I introduced my stealth mode beer, I said it was a collaboration between Bottle Logic and Campy Creatures Brewing. Uh, and upon further research done by myself, I found out that Campy Creatures was actually a board game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> huh. So it's a collaboration between a board game and a brewery. Right. Yes. It's like a. It seems to be a werewolf style game um, where everybody plays like different uh, zombies and ghouls and invisible men and stuff like that. So, um, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I like how they have like a beer tie-in though. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. It was pretty cool, and it made a lot more sense after I, you know, went to I went to tag Campy Creatures on Instagram, and I was like, wait a minute, they're not showing up. What the hell? And then like I looked it up, and I was like, oh, because it's a it's a board game, game. <laughs> but that's that's kind of cool it makes me think of like i wish i could play of some games with specially made beers that tie in right to the game yeah right that would be pretty cool and i wonder if this is like a set you know like is bottle logic gonna do like a something or other with zombie man or whatever w- would you make it part of the rule that you ho- had to only drink those bottle logic beers in order to play the game I would, yeah. Well, I'm thinking if I could do like a version of Monopoly where every property has its own beer. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> of course, I like to turn every game into a drinking game. So you would have like right. the more expensive beers, the better beers as you go around the board. And then, you know, you you go bankrupt when you finish the beer. Oh, huh, that's interesting. I was going to say, did, do, you have to, do you have to chug a beer every time you land on the square? No, I think it's like when you buy the property, it's like you crack it open. And then, I don't know. Every time somebody lands on it, you got to drink some. All right, here it is. vice versa. I think I got it. Everybody's got a drinking cup, right? And you go around and you buy these these properties. And then when they land on a property you already own, you get to pour some of whatever beer that is into their drinking cup. And then it mixes all these nasty beers together. (laughs) Oh, boy. That sounds rough. (laughs) Because, like, you'll get, like, Natty Light when you buy, what is it? Mediterranean Avenue, the Baltic crappy Avenue. ones, the purple ones, or the purple ones, and then you get uh really expensive beer when you get to Boardwalk, and they'll be mixed together. So you're okay. This worked out in my head. It doesn't. <laughs> Listen, I like the idea. I, I it could, sounds I like think, a yeah. We can work on this. I want to know what what jail is, and I want to know what you get when you pass go. These are the things <laughs> you got to iron out. But maybe jail is you have to chug a steel reserve. Well, that sounds that really is, brutal. That is jail. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather go to jail. Now, I guess in our drinkopoly, um, is is there still money involved, or is it all beer commerce? I think if we started with money, it would quickly go downhill. Where we would stop using the money <laughs> after a couple rounds. Well, I mean, you have to have the money to buy the properties. But other than that, then you don't make any money. Oh, ooh, this is tough. Mm. This is a tough one. It's almost like somebody created a drinking game, but not with Monopoly, but with another really popular franchise that's almost like the most perfect drinking game ever. Parcheesi? Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> 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 I was 
rough night. <laughs> no, no, I'd, I'd love to say maybe a little bit bigger of a franchise than Parcheesi, uh, perhaps with a little bit of uh, uh, monsters that fit in your pocket. Oh, oh. Gotta check them all. Gotta check them all, yes. That is a hard drinking board game to beat, I will admit that. Yeah, that yeah. one That one is like, like I don't think you can do better than that. No. It, is, it is a pretty perfect drinking board game, especially for anybody who's played Pokemon. Well, until we try Campy Creatures, though, we can't be sure. True. True. Or Drinkopoly. <laughs> or, or Drunkopoly. <laughs> Drunkopoly. There you go. We got we to gotta work more on this Drunkopoly game. It might become the official board game of Drinking Alone with Friends. <laughs> yeah. The only the problem, fish- though, is that you can't play Drunkopoly alone with friends. You have to play it together with friends. So Very true. Well, I mean, we, we always figured that at some point in time, friends do get together and drink. Yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> so we have to be prepped for that. That is true. We're broadening our our horizons. We're no longer drinking alone. We're we're not just for people who drink alone. We're for pe- people who drink together too. So, opening the franchise wide open. <laughs> the, the two demographics. If we're smart about this, we monopolize this uh, idea. Drunkopolize and and sell it and and monetize it. Well, well, we we have to figure out the game first. <laughs> I think we got a good foundation. We just got to get together and test, do some test cases. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah but we, we can all meet at my house. I see what uh, you did there, Ted. <laughs> I'll let you know when I, uh, next time I'm in the neighborhood. Yeah, right. Next time I'm just driving around Connecticut. But I think in order to stimulate our drunkopoly planning minds, I think we have to get into that state of close to drunkenness, even though. You know, whatever. One beer, not too bad. So, anyways, it's a start, long story short. Long story short, <laughs> what are you guys drinking tonight? So, I guess I'll go first. Okay. So, I am drinking. First of all, I want everybody to notice my cool glass. I'm very jealous of that stein you got there. Is mm-hmm. that a ceramic mug? This is a pewter mug. Nice. So, we, um, I broke my uh, little house glass over the weekend while trying to clean it. So I had that to... house is very hard on glasses. It is. It's <laughs> almost like it's like it's like cursed against glasses. <laughs> so I drove to Chester, Connecticut yesterday to replace this glass. That's dedication. It is. I. I. I it's one of my favorite glasses. Um. So I was very sad when I broke it. So I had to venture out and get a new one. And you can't let the house win, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Screw the house. I'm. I'm winning this, no matter how much it costs me. I'll probably go into bankruptcy because of beer glasses. So we stumbled into um, a Oktoberfest at Little House Brewing Company um, without really knowing. As we showed up, they were having their Oktoberfest, and they were selling these mugs where if you spent the money to buy the mug, which the mug was $15, you got a free beer with it, and you got to keep the mug. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And I see, so it's a big pewter mug, so there's no way your house is going to break this one. Right. I, I hope I hope not. <laughs> Like, your house tries to break a glass, and you're like, bam, try and break this. Yeah, try to break pewter, bitch. <laughs> so did you show, tell everybody that, that all the history about Oktoberfest? And, uh... I did not, because, you know, they weren't actually having, like, a true Oktoberfest with a K. They well, were having technically, an... it was Oktoberfest of Palooza, wasn't it? Right. Did, well, they were having an Oktoberfest with a C. Oh, man, they don't uh... know what's up. Yeah, so um, in you know, in true Oktoberfest of Palooza fashion, though, they were celebrating with another brewery. So Tox Brewing out of New London and Little House Brewing out of Chester had the same Oktoberfest with the same decorations and had uh, each other's beers on tap at, at each at each other's locations. So no matter where you go, you went, 
you were drinking out of a, a similar mug from each brewery with their logo on it and drinking the same beer. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Was there like yeah. a webcam set up between the two locations? <laughs> there was n- There was not. Well, that was a lunch party. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big missed opportunity. Yeah. The club's called Chat Room. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, the beer we had over there was Rare Candy. Um, unfortunately, I'm not drinking that on today's podcast. Uh, stay tuned for another episode. Maybe I'll be bringing that beer on. When you drank that beer, do you feel, do you feel like you leveled up? I felt like I had leveled up about five or six times while drinking that beer. Oh, very <laughs> good. Very good. Yeah. This week, I'm, go- I'm doing a little bit of a throwback to two episodes ago. After I uh, got back from Maine and talked about going to Maine Beer Company. And I am drinking the Black Barn Program Number no. 7 Fresh Hop IPA by Maine Beer Company. That sounds tasty. And yeah, yeah this is one that Chris featured. This was the, his White Whale Beer Dinner was from these guys too, right? Correct. That is correct. With Maine Beer Company, they have a, a Black Barn Program beer. This is like their experimental beer. And the way they describe it is that their Black Barn program is about being creative, learning, and challenging their team to brew the highest quality beer. Their beer goes through extensive lab testing and their robust sensory program in order to comply with their beliefs in quality over quantity. Black Barn beers are brewed on a 15-barrel brew house and will be available in bottles and draft exclusively in Maine Beer Company's tap room. That sounds fancy. Now, wait. Did you say they had a robust sensory program? Yes. So that's that's what I call it when I drink a bunch of beers. I put them through my robust sensory program. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me wondered the same thing. It was like, so they all just sit around and drink a lot of beer. Uh, it's very robust. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Drink Alone with Friends. It's a robust sensory program where we 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 put these beers through the ringer and really determine which ones are best here. <laughs> so, so the unique thing about this beer is that compared to main beer companies, other traditional IPAs that use exclusively pelletized hops. Black Barn number seven uses wet, which they call undried whole cone Simcoe hops that mm. are sent directly from Yakima Chief Hops in Yakima, Washington. So right near you nice. over on the, yeah. the west-ish coast. Yeah, yeah. Yakima's, <laughs> not, Yakima's big over here. And um, yeah, I want to discuss pellets versus fresh hops, wet hops, but... Um, Let's hear maybe about how that beer is first, and then we can get yeah. into it. So the last thing I will say is that the one cool thing about this, too, is these hops have to be – they are put into the beer within 24 hours of being har- harvested from Yakima. So basically, Yakima harvests them, puts them on a plane, ships them across the country, and Maine Beer Company instantaneously puts them into their beer for for hopping. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I actually cracked open a lunch by Maine Beer Company today. One mm. of my One of my all-time favorites – yeah, yeah, lunch is a hard one to beat. Mm. I love, I love NBC. They're great. Mm-hmm. So this, wow, this beer is really good. Um, it tastes super fresh. It's very earthy, obviously, as what you would expect from a Simcoe hop. It just, it just tastes fresh. I know that that's that's not a, it's not a taste. I guess. No, I, I hear what you're saying. That yeah, yeah because I've you know. It, this time of year, you see those on the sh- starting to pop up on the shelves as we get to the hop harvest time. You see those fresh hop IPAs all over, and it's hard to really put your finger on what makes it taste so fresh. But you just, I think it's you get a lot of that hop aroma, maybe. Yeah, yeah, just it tastes a little bit more gr- like like fresh. I, I I struggle to say fresh cut grass because it doesn't taste grassy, but it just tastes like you're eating like a fresh plant rather than something that's 
sat out and taken its time to develop its flavors. So it's a solid beer. And it's a very solid beer. I get a lot of me- uh, a lot of melon flavor on it. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a this is a great beer. I would give this probably a, a probably a four two five. Oh wow, wow. It's, it's coming. That's pretty high for you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That makes me even more excited for the one I have in my fridge. Can't wait to eat a salad beer. I would tell you guys to um, you know, I know that you guys both have one of these beers coming to either in your fridge or coming to you. <laughs> um, they say to drink them really fast. So oh, that'll be the first one I have then when I open the box. So chug. Yeah. No, just don't let them sit in your fridge and age. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you'll lose that 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 wet hop aroma and that wet hop flavor, mm. and it will start to shift into something else completely different. Mm. Probably still good, but just different from what they wanted it to be. Yeah, but yeah. So you're talking about that fresh hop beer, real quick. I just wanted to say that one of the local breweries near me, Great Northern Brewing Company, every year they have um, a party where people can come and. You can trade in your hops that you grow in your backyard or on your farm or whatever for a gift card for their beer. So they have a community hop beer. So you just take everybody's hop, whatever variety, dump them all together from all around town, basically, and uh, use that to brew a fresh hop IPA. Really? And yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not, you know, it's not like an amazing award-winning beer or anything, right? but it's just like a cool community thing that they do. And yeah. um Somebody got like a $400 gift card this year, or maybe 200, 250 I don't remember. It was a lot of money that they had for traded in. And they put, put, put pictures on their Instagram of this like full-on hopper of full of hops. <laughs> Does it make you want to grow hops on your deck? You know, if I had, I, I don't have good south-facing light. I don't have a great deck for hops, but uh, I really do. They grow really well here. So now, now what maybe if in I a future them, life. What if I grew them in my backyard? And ship them to you, and then you ship me the gift card that I get with with my winnings, or the beer that I get from the gift card from my winnings of selling the beer or selling the hops to them. Well, I think you would win the record for the furthest hops away that make it into the community hop beer. <laughs> but next, maybe next October we'll try it out. Is it the community is it really com- and Tud? Yeah, is it really community if it's coming from Connecticut? <laughs> I mean, community is more of a state of mind, I think, than anything else. But. Mm. So with that, why don't we jump jump into the next beer review here? So I have a beer here. This is my last beer from a friend of the show, Jordan, uh, who Chris had a beer of his last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. I did the beer opening on Instagram Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so this is a beer that he sent because he sent one package to all three of the co-hosts in all three of our states here. And um, this is sadly my last beer that he sent over. They were all great. I can I can say that for sure. But... What I'm drinking this week is the Dust Bowl Brewing Company's Cali Line Vanilla Blonde. Mm. Yeah. We don't bring a lot of blondes, blonde beers on this show. Um, and I've never had a vanilla blonde before. So and You said Kelly Lime, too? Cali, C-A-L-I, like California. Oh. Cali Line. I was going to ask what a Kelly Lime was, but... Yeah. No, now I, I don't... I kind of understand what a Cali Lime is, so... No, it's a L-I-N-E. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't know what I'm completely thrown off by this beer. Cali Line. Cali Line Vanilla yeah. Blonde. Okay, 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 okay. Right. Okay. I got it. I got it. Well, no, I, I think thank you for clearing it up for our listeners too cuz not yeah, the easiest to understand name here. But um without further ado, I'm going to just jump right in. I I, personally, I like blondes. Yeah. I'm there it depends. They're really hit or miss for me, but 
Yeah, they definitely have a time and a place, and I can see right this the time and place for this beer is right now for me. <laughs> <laughs> this comes in at four and a half percent ABV, um, pretty light. I get hardly any of those vanilla notes. It's not like a wham in your face vanilla, which is what you know what you would expect out of a blonde, something a little more subdued flavor. Mm. This is a good thirst quenching, sitting down with the boys, recording a podcast beer. Um, you know, very quaffable. You could just chug this, throw it back, and and be ready for a few more. Um, I don't know anything about uh, Dust Bowl Brewing Company, but um, I would be interested to try more of their lineup for sure. Um, you know, for being someone who doesn't regularly reach for vanilla blondes, this one I think stands out in terms of most blondes that I've had. You know, it's hard to go above and beyond in this category because right. they because they are such subtle flavors. Mm. Um, and I think to make a good blonde, you almost want the absence of a lot of flavor. Um, so with that all being said, I'm going to give this a solid three and a half. Um, yeah, like right. I said, middle of the road. It's a blonde. It's tasty. Yeah. It does the trick. It does a good job of, of doing its thing. It's, it's doing It's doing exactly what you expect a blonde to do. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think I have one of those in my fridge. So it reminds excited. me a lot of the City Steam's, I think it's Blonde on Blonde. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, that's one from near back in the ancestral home of Connecticut near Tud. Um, <laughs> we've had City Steam, I think, on the pod before, or at least we've talked about them. No, we've had we had one beer. Yeah, but um, you know, for anyone who's had that blonde, I think this compares pretty well. Nice, awesome. That's good. I have one of those in my fridge too. I look forward to drinking it now. <laughs> yeah, um, I realized we didn't do the. Um, Untapped comparing on our two, on your beer or mine. Ooh, oh, that's crap. true. You're right. We did. Yeah. Hold on. Please hold. All right. Thank you for holding. Um, so, Obert, I pulled up yours first. Uh, what do you think the Untapped Universe thinks of your California line, Vanilla Blonde? <laughs> um, I'm going to say they think it's a 366. Ooh, very close. 363. Oh, so, dang. With uh, 1,375 chickens. So. So, Ober, by, based on your guess, would you say that you are closer to a three seven five than you are to a three five? No, I think I just think that the Untapped Universe likes it a little more than I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty much on the three and a half. But uh, mm. so, getting back to your beer, Todd, the Black Barn Program Number Seven from Maine Brewing Company, Maine Beer Company. Sorry, what do you think that the Untapped Universe and their two hundred eighty five check ins think that this beer is rated? Ooh, that's not a lot of check ins. No. One of them is yours. Yeah, this means it switches <laughs> violently between between check-ins. Um, I am going to say 4.22. Mm, 4.05. Ooh. It's a little lower. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were high. Yeah. I, I I don't know what to think about that. I guess people just don't like. And it's funny to say people don't like. Maybe people just don't like dry hop or wet hop beers as much as I thought they would. Yeah, maybe. I mean, for, I mean you also it's got... still above a four, so it's not a right. bad rating. Yeah. Still good. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you share your beer with us this, for what you got this week? Oh, I'd love to. So, I have a special treat here um, from our friends up in Connecticut, uh, Sarah and Evan. Um, this is my second ever Bissell Brothers beer. So, ooh. pretty pretty excited about that. I have those in my I, fridge, too. Ooh, yeah. I have the Nuclear Whim with the Fuse of a Mile. It's a pretty oh, cool looking. Fancy name. Yeah. Fancy beer. Very long name. I don't know, do they think they're burial or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> burial with their long-ass names. 
So Bissell Brothers is a really unique brewery. Um, They have a restaurant built into their brewery, a taco place. So you can walk over and order tacos and get your get your tacos while you're waiting for the beer um fun fact all their beers are really long in name so this is not out of the box are they (laughs) yeah i mean i mean substance obviously is not Uh. a long name but a lot of their beers are like 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 a full-on like thought process and or sentence oh man yeah i was uh, i'm not gonna lie i was reading the name and i was like i hope i don't mess this up but nailed it five out of five (laughs) 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 um so this is an ipa uh, New England style, nice hazy, dark orange, juicy look to it. You can see it in the webcam. That looks really tasty. It looks amazing. Makes me want to go grab a Bissell Brothers beer. <laughs> the nose, I get a lot of um, like grapefruit on the nose, which is not something I normally get, I guess. Um, but you know, grapefruit with some other citrusy kind of fruits in there. But a lot of a lot of grapefruit. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into this right now. Wow. So um, obviously we pull up untapped as we're, we're doing this. And I, I, I just want to share something about this beer is it's made with South African hops. So I don't know if I've ever had a South African hop beer before. So Chris, I hope I look forward to hearing your thoughts on what a South African hop beer tastes like. Wow. Um, it's really different. <laughs> I mean, so I smell a lot of this grapefruit juice, citrus on the nose, right? A lot of tropical fruit smells. Um, I get a little bit of that in the taste, like especially right up front. Then it hits you with kind of like a, a primarily grapefruit, and then it hits you with like a nice like bitterness, um, kind of like you're drinking like a, a grapefruit juice. So that kind of kind of makes sense, I guess. But then, like towards the end, I get a little bit more of like the the florally side of of things. So I don't know. It's a it's a really good beer, really solid beer. It sounds um, really complex, fruity, bitter. It sounds like everything I like in a beer. It's a, it's a really good beer. I like it a lot. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Fun, also, another fun fact. This was released four days to the day after Substance was was first ever tapped. Oh, okay. And Substance is their... Uh, it is their like flagship beer. Right. Yeah. So, so this must have been one of their OGs. Well, no, this this one was is a one-off, but Substance is their OG. This was just brewed for the anniversary of Substance. Oh, gotcha. Very cool. So, Chris, out of 6,095 chickens... Damn. What do you think the Untapped Universe has rated this beer? Probably a four to seven. So close, so close. Four to three. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. One of these days we'll get it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> we'll sound that alarm, that, that yeah. buzzers, that that crazy celebratory sound effect that you all know what it sounds like and when it, it's gonna happen. We'll <laughs> <run> <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that sound effect, but yeah. yeah, I I figured it was gonna get some some hop hype from the name, you know, Bissell Brothers and all that stuff. So, and I don't know, it's good beer, very good beer. So. It sounds like someone's aggressively going through some mail over there. That's right. Yes. Time Everyone to get some of this mail. What is yeah. it? Okay. A highly unorganized, apparently. <laughs> mailbag. Yeah. The, the mailbag has got a lot of stuff going on. I didn't like that letter. <laughs> that letter was from Blevin. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got a few... Got a few in the mailbag this week. Um, I was trying to reach out, trying to get more, but we, you know, we got a few though. Um, first is just a really funny one from Wife of the Pod Dana. Uh, she, she she titled it "Free Beer 
How you, AKA how to get on the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How to get on the show. And she says, I really, really hope Obert's toilet gram happens. <laughs> That's Me two calls too. so far for Obert's toilet gram. Maybe, maybe I really got to pull the trigger here and uh, see if I can make Obert's toilet gram happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be the, it's going to sweep the nation by storm. Yeah. 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 It's the next viral content. Yes. Everyone wants to see. <laughs> It's a like roll of toilet paper on its life journey. It's like the Captain Andrew Luck, except your toilet paper. You know exactly. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I really feel like you're missing the ball here. Like, like we could have like like shirts that have like your you know, your face in like the middle of a toilet roll, toilet paper roll. <laughs> There's no I higher think, honor. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, yeah, to put my face on a toilet paper roll, I never thought I would make it that far in life. <laughs> <laughs> We could well, sell special custom toilet paper with your name actually printed on it. That's true. Or my face. Hi, I'm Obert, and I only wipe my ass with my own name. <laughs> His Charmin Obertsoft. I think we have to That's name that character, though. Card. <laughs> that character that we have to call that Poobert. Poobert? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, the name's still under R&D, but okay. Thank you, Dana, for writing in. <laughs> Poop Bert. <laughs> okay. All right. So <laughs> next question we have is definitely geared towards both of you more so than me. Um, our friend of the pod, longtime listener, probably second time emailer, uh, Brandon uh, wrote in and goes, hey guys, exclamation Hello. point. This seemed like a better spot to reach out than Instagram for this situation. I okay, need to borrow cool. some... I need to borrow some knowledge out of Obert's Liquor Cabinet, TM, TM, TM. I just started working at a local liquor store in Athens, Georgia, and we get a discount. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, the, but the wife and I have been wanting to really kind of stock up at a home bar for a while. Right now, I generally make her last word cocktails with gin and maraschino liquor and every now and then a vodka blackberry mule. Basically, what types of liquor do I need to start stockpiling so that we can make different cocktails? Any bitter suggestions? And what are all the essentials that everyone should have? Bloody Mary recipe? Question mark. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. I like for, that question. Yeah. First things first. There's no such thing as getting an uh-oh when you get a discount from a liquor store. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good We're gonna point. We're going to start off this really strong. Best yeah. advice you're going to get. <laughs> I could see that I could see getting into trouble now for sure. You can get into trouble, but there's never such thing as an uh oh. You, you yeah, say, but you get into fifteen percent less trouble. So Yeah, because it's half price. Uh no, I said fifteen, but he didn't oh, disclose. Oh. I just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all right, so uh, where to begin here? Um well, I guess I kinda wanna take this line by line. And um All right, Brandon's... first line. Hey guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me skip down a few lines to <laughs> The second paragraph here, when he says, right now, I generally make her last word cocktails with gin and maraschino liqueur. Now, what does Um, that mean? So the last word is a classic maraschino liqueur cocktail. um, It's, you know, like a Prohibition era. It's a classic cocktail. Typically, so the recipe for last word is a dry gin, green chartreuse, uh, the maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. Um, If you like green chartreuse, this is definitely a drink for you. Um, I've gone through a bottle of maraschino liqueur in my day, and it's um, it honestly, it's not for me per se, because uh, I know you're about to ask, what does maraschino liqueur taste like, right? Probably cherries, right? It doesn't. No, um, you would think that, but it's I what thought they, that. 
put the the maraschino. I think it's how they make the maraschino cherries. They like age them in the maraschino liqueur, but the liqueur does not taste like cherries. It has uh. kind of an artificial taste to me, which it just didn't really strike my palate all that well. Um, but if you like making last words, I highly recommend an aviation. That's a similar drink. Um, what you're going to use is it's again a, a gin and maraschino liqueur drink, and you're going to add lemon juice and cream de violet, which is more of a specialty liqueur that I've only ever seen used in one or two drinks. But the aviation is a very good use for it. And if you already have the gin and the maraschino liqueur and you're looking for something else that you can make your wife, get the cream de violet. Start expanding your liquor cabinet there. Um, I think that's a good one to go to. Uh, and then continuing on with the email, he says he makes a vodka blackberry mule um, for for Brandon's wife. I think if you like mules, I would also recommend... We're going to call her Brandina, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Brandina. <laughs> I think she would like a... <laughs> If she's a rum fan, a dark and stormy is always a good option. Uh, again, it's like a mule, but instead of using vodka, you'll use a dark rum. Uh, you I, you can't go wrong there, I don't think. No, I think you're right. Yeah. And, you know, also any anything you want to mix with a ginger beer, any of, I mean, I make, I call it a Mexican mule, which isn't the official name, but I think it's a good name when I, I do a tequila mule. This is pretty tasty as well. Uh, hmm. I haven't seen that too many places, but I like to do that with a reposado. Reposado tequila. Now, would you do reposado tequila, ginger beer, and maybe like like jalapeno um, alcohol of some type? Yeah, you you know what you could do is um, a local bar near me. They take Saint Germain and they age it with red pepper flakes, Ooh. I believe, and I think they might also do one with habaneros. So Saint Germain, um, I, we had that, Chris. When you got engaged that night, that New Year's Eve, oh, we had a okay. bottle of Saint Germain. Yes, it's a really sweet liqueur, but the sweetness with the hot would really balance out well, I think, to what you're talking about, Todd. Um, and yeah, add some lime juice to that, and bam, that'd be a really good cocktail. We should trademark that one. I Ooh, like that, it already. I like that one. Yeah, drinking one of friends's Mexican Mule. Yeah. So, um, so as far as standard liquor for a a home bar. Yeah, because that's his next line, and I'll let, I'll let you get right into that. But he asks, what type of liquor do I need to start stockpiling so that they can make different cocktails? Yeah, so I would say – so from my standpoint, I'm, I'm more of the, the bourbon whiskey type of guy on the, the pod. Um, I would stock a, a standard bourbon, whether it's a Jim Beam or a Woodford Reserve or maybe a Knob Creek. Maybe if you – you know, obviously, if you go down the, the rabbit hole with bourbons a little bit, you can have a rye bourbon so you can get like a maker's mark. And you can do a normal bourbon where you could grab like a Woodford Reserve or a Jim Beam. Um, and then from a whiskey standpoint, I would grab probably like a like a Jack Daniels because you can do like Jack and Cokes and that type of stuff. Just simple, real simple drinks that you can make for anybody who comes over. Um, if you wanted to stockpile a scotch, you know, Johnny Walker Red is always a good mixer for, you know, scotch and sodas. Um, you know, I think that's about it. I mean, with Jack Daniels, you can do like a Jack and Ginger as well. Uh, Jack and Ginger beer is tastes similar to a Jack and Ginger with Jack and Ginger ale. Um, that's from my standpoint. And as far as you know, vodka, I would just say grab a grab a handle of Tito's and just keep that there. 
nobody's ever going to complain. Everybody's always going to be happy with, with Tito's. I think that's good advice. And some piece of life advice that I've gotten along the way um, that kind of relates to this is, you know, when you first start out buying tools, buy a bunch of cheap tools. And then when it breaks, replace it with a better one because you know you've gotten your use out of it. You know you'll keep using it. You need a sturdy one. Yeah, that means that you've used that tool enough to to have to buy one. <laughs> right. So my advice in that vein is don't go top shelf anything. Buy you know middle shelf, lower middle shelf. A um, hundred dollars for a home bar will go a lot further if you buy a bunch of twenty dollar bottles versus buying two fifty dollar bottles. Buy middle of the road stuff, and then whatever you bottles you finish first, you know that's what you like most, and then evaluate. Maybe I want to step it up to the high, next higher quality. Oh, that is really good advice. I like that one. That's that's a that's a good piece of advice right there. Yeah, yeah. So I would say you know anything maybe seven fifty or five hundred milliliter bottles, smaller bottles. Um, like I said, I like you know Stoli is a pretty good affordable vodka. Uh, you know, a, a Bombay or a Tangeray is a pretty good, reasonable price everyday gin that you can use in most situations. Um, I recommend a, like a cheap silver or spiced rum, either, you know, Captain Morgan is good for either of those. You know, a tequila, I would say anything that's an, the cheapest 100% of agave tequila you can find, which um, Hornitos, they is is pretty good for your option there. Yeah, don't go crazy and buy like Don Julio or a really expensive bottle of Patron. Right. Like I said, as long as it's 100% agave, start there. And Brandon, not to not to dig further into this, but if you work for Total Wine, this is the perfect time to use... Ted like, wants an email. <laughs> a, yes, I definitely want an email there. But B, if you work for Total Wine, Spirits Direct, this is the perfect time to go and raid the Spirits Direct department of your store. Get spirits direct of all of these beer or all of these liquors and stockpile those because then you know then then you're really saving money because you're getting the fifteen percent to fifty percent discount that we believe that you're getting <laughs> plus you're getting the spirits direct so that's awesome too and a lot of the spirits directs really good yeah I think that's all good advice and um, another thing that to kind of follow up on that is just start browsing cocktails. Um, you know, if you flip through a book, find something you like, and if you have 60% of the ingredients, go out, get maybe a small bottle of the stuff you need to make the rest of them and just try starting out different cocktails. That's what I did. Um, it starts off being kind of expensive for your, you know, when you're like, Oh, I just need, I just spent, you know, $30 for this one ingredient for this drink. But if you get the right stuff that's versatile that you'll use in a lot of different recipes, uh, you quickly, you'll be able to build on that and be able to have a high number of drinks you can make yeah and as far as like bitters and stuff go i mean you can grab you know just grab a, a, a bottle of bitters i mean most of the most of the bitters i've had i don't really taste the difference between you know a citrus bitter and a normal bitter um i will say chocolate bitters do tend to taste a little bit different than normal bitters um i think angostura bitters are a pretty key ingredient to have in a home bar it goes great with gin vermouth um, yeah, yeah. If we're talking about liqueurs or aperitifs, a vermouth is a good way to go. And remember, like we've talked about on the pod before, once you open that, don't forget to put it back in the fridge. Yep. Caitlin's very angry that my uh, my quinquina now lives in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gotten your aperitif fridge yet? 
I have not gotten an aperitif fridge yet. Somebody was giving away a fridge the other day, and I honestly thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Um, no, I, I mean, and I am operating under the, by saying get Tito's, I am operating under the assumption based on your email that you guys do enjoy uh, vodka already. So, you know, if you know that you like that liquor, don't follow Obert's advice and buy the cheap stuff. Buy the good bottle of the liquor that you want if you know that you like that liquor. Right. I will push back and say, of all the liquors to go cheaper on, vodka is not one that I think the quality doesn't really improve once you start getting above middle of the road. I think yeah. anything above middle of the road vodka, it pretty much is all the same. It's just marketing at that point. Agreed. And that's why I just choose to, to drink Tito's. Other than that, I mean, I, I specialty liquors over anything that they... Well, uh, they already mentioned that they have the maraschino. That'll go far in making a bunch of interesting cocktails. Um, I would say if you're talking about anything real specific, my advice again is to find a cocktail you like that has that in it and then go about it that way. Don't don't just blindly buy bottles that you think look cool. Make sure you know what drink you're going to make it in first before you just start pulling stuff off the shelf. That's, that's a good thing to have. So his last point of his email is about Bloody Mary recipes. And I will say that my favorite Bloody Mary recipe is really simple. It's two shots of your favorite vodka. Um, Zing Zang, which is just a Bloody Mary mix you can buy from pretty much anywhere up around here. I'm assuming you can get it down there too. Um, if not, Tuttle uh, send it to you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Zing Zang, a little, uh, you know, a couple dashes of Tabasco sauce because I feel like that mixes in really well with the tomatoes from the Zing Zang, and then I I like to do like uh, fresh bacon. And stick Ooh. that in there as like a mixture. And you can actually take bacon. I've seen it before. Take bacon and wrap around uh, celery and asparagus and cook that up so it gets like really crispy around it. And you can stick those in the drinks. Other than that, if you want to go cheaper, bacon bits right in there. For when you were too hungover to make the bacon yourself. You already have the bacon bits ready to go. Even Correct. cheaper than that, bacon strips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, not, it, it, it's, it's real bacon. <laughs> That's that's the way to go. Um, I like mine spicy, so I'll throw in different types of spices. I'll throw in Tabasco. I'll throw in red pepper flakes. Onion salt is really good too. To add to that, uh, my my dad back when he back when he was a drinker, he swore by clamato juice for his Bloody Marys, which adds a little bit of that fishiness. So if you like fish, clamato juice might be a way to go too. And li- listen back to our episode where I had to drink a Caesar and yeah. face my beers because. Uh... I'm not a I'm not a tomato person, nor a clam juice person. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know, and that's it's not everybody's thing. It's not my thing either. But if you are happen to be a fishy guy, um, have at it, man. Right. All right. Well, I think we thoroughly answered Brandon's email here. Yeah, I Brandon, think so. Hopefully that helps. Anybody else who's looking looking to start a bar there? Yeah. Yeah, and I'd like my we... discount to Total Wine now too for that. <laughs> yeah. Assuming that's where he works. Yes. Um, podcast discount. Use DAWF at checkout. Um, yeah. So the last one we have is also another head scratcher. Uh, so Beer Selfie, which is uh, beerselfie.com, which is a Instagram account that I've seen. And I think everybody's seen. I think we've been featured on them a few times. You can see these lovely bearded faces on there. But they sent out a Q&A uh, a while ago. We were supposed to respond a while ago, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Podcast biz, you know. Um, but they want to know what what beers are on our Mount Rushmore of classic American craft beers. 
That's a good question. That's a you're right. That is a head scratcher for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a loaded question. Well, exactly. And I want to preface this for all our listeners. You all know we're a bunch of folks originally from New England. So when you hear our answers, keep that in mind. <laughs> so just just off the top of my head, I mean, I, I I would imagine that my Mount Rushmore of beers would have to be something like like a Heady Topper, which is really the the you know the OG hazy style IPA. The um, Lost and Sip of Sunshine, which was my gateway entry and really the next iteration of uh, Hetty Topper. Then something like probably like a Julius or a Green from Treehouse. And then something new. I, I don't I don't really I don't really have a new one. I, maybe like a Turbo Love Shake. <laughs> tur- turbo Love Shake. Something from maybe something from Burial. Oh, there you go. I mean, they are they're relatively new. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go. I'll give a shout out back to my beer that I drank last week on the podcast and put that on my Mount Rushmore as my fourth beer. Yeah, well, I think the interesting premise part of this question is it's not just like, okay, hey, what are your top four beers? To me, right. when I hear what are the Mount Rushmore beers, I think of like you know, like the four iconic American presidents from different eras. You're going to have four iconic beers, maybe from different parts of the country, different styles, different eras. You know, so I think like a George Washington beer is like what's like an OG, Ooh. like the first good craft beer that kind of kicked off a craft beer revolution. Mm. I like this approach better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you got you got to figure out what your. Do you guys know who all the presidents are? I think I can name them off. We have Teddy Wa- Roosevelt, Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, and the fourth guy. You know, that guy is it? Right, it's Jack well, it's, Nicholson. It's, who who is it? Is it? <laughs> It's uh, it's Thomas Thomas Jefferson. Oh, there you go. I was gonna say yeah. Grover Cleveland. <laughs> some some yeah. random dude. Uh, yeah. Okay, George H. W. Bush, which is weird. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I mean, I think back in like I, I of the beers that you said, Todd. I think Hetty Topper stays on personally. Um, I don't know if yeah. it, it definitely it wasn't the OG. I know, but. It's like I think that was a game changer, though. I th- at least in New England, it was. I know that for sure. Yeah, I think without Hetty Topper, maybe half of the breweries in Connecticut might not be there in their current iteration. <laughs> they might be still there, but they'd be different. Right? Not, exactly, not just yeah. half of the breweries in Connecticut. Half of the breweries in the entire Northeast. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say that that's the Abe Lincoln of of the Mount Rushmore. Oh, that's fair. Mm. Yeah. Well, then if we're going to talk George Washington, you know, maybe something like a Yingling would, would be good. Mm. Or or you could see something like a Boston lager, Samuel Adams, who was not on Mount Rushmore, but maybe should have been <laughs> for his contributions to beer. Maybe maybe he should have been for this beer 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 discussion. Because he probably knew George Washington. <laughs> I would have to say that I think you have to uh, I I wanna put Boston Lager on there just because they are like the original like craft beer, but at the same time isn't Yingling technically the original craft beer because they are the oldest brewery in the country? Well, yeah, I don't know if they're craft beer though. Yeah, that that's my thing is they they're, they're the not oldest, owned by anybody. They're the they're the oldest. Yeah, they're independent, but I don't know if they're craft. Like I think that's the the distinction. Yeah, because I think that I think there is a difference. Yeah. between the two. Because I mean, you think about it, it's the oldest it's the oldest brewery in the country, and yet there still wasn't like a huge craft beer boom in like eighteen hundred something. It was well. There was no. There wasn't. We just we discussed this. Well, there's we, a lot of independent breweries. Yeah. We just recently passed the all-time mark for most independent breweries since uh po- or from post prohibition as there was pre prohibition. So there was a lot of breweries. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know we just hit that number. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really that cool. doesn't. 
I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to fact check you, but I might type it into Google because you you can. We talked about this on episode probably 38 somewhere around there. I don't remember that. Maybe yeah, that was the drinking alone featuring Ted. I feel like you guys need to like pay <laughs> I feel like you guys need to pay attention to the things to the to the episodes that we have. Yeah. No, I but I so, remember a lot of the episodes, but anyways. So Ted, like that'd be saying like Schlitz was a craft brew, uh, craft beer, or like Milwaukee's Best was a craft beer. Just because, just because they were independent breweries, mean doesn't mean they're craft beer, right? But so I guess, I guess this comes down to your definition of craft brewery. Yingling is not owned by anybody. They are independent. They brew their own beer. They brew a different style of beer than than Bud Light or any of the macro brews. They don't have. They're not a Bud Light. They're not a Coors Light. They're not a Miller Light. They're not a Budweiser. They're not a. Uh, Coors Banquet, and they're not a, a Miller. I mean, at what point in time are they a lager? I guess I guess it depends on what type of beer. Because Yingling's an ale, right? Okay, so Yingling is an ale. Yeah. So or wait, you know, is it they, a lager? Well, well, I was going to say, at what point do they compare to Boston Lager, and all of a sudden that they're they're not a craft beer? A craft beer. Boston Lager and Sam Adams is bigger by volume than than Yingling. Yingling you can't get nationwide. But Sam Adams, you can like you can get a Boston Adams or Boston Adams. <laughs> you get a Boston Lager in Montana. Can you buy a Yingling in Montana? No, you can't get Yingling here. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like okay, saying Rolling Rock is a craft beer because when they were made, they were owned by Budweiser. I I don't. I mean, there's a lot of beer out there that wasn't you know Budweiser and Coors. It's just like shitty beer, like Red Dog or you know. Right, like but Yingling's Rims. not a shitty beer either. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't know. If I really... don't like it. Anyway, but... we're we're so far down. <laughs> yeah, away from where we our are. our original premise here of so. Our... All right, so let's let's settle this like men. Let's do a vote. Let's do. I mean, yeah, vote. <laughs> Yingling or Boston Lager as George Washington. I guess I, I would will, vote. I will Boston give a vote for Yingling. I'm I'm Boston Lager. Okay. Okay. So the eyes have it. Boston Lager goes on the the Mount Rushmore. So the men win. Um. So I want to just throw this out there, and Tud, you weren't necessarily incorrect, but I don't remember talking about it. Um, so in 2016, the number of breweries operating in the United States uh, topped the the high of 4,131, set in 1873. So wow. now there's more than 6,000. So <laughs> okay. So I mean, it really was. So it was recent. More recent than I would have ever guessed. And but. we. And we talked about this. I don't remember the exact episode, but we did bring this up on the pod. All right. Let, let's vote. <laughs> like men. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, so we got Boston Lager as George Washington and Hetty Topper for us New England hazy boys. Yeah. I think West Coast, I think, also played a huge role in it. And I think, I I think West Coast founding fathers of beer, I really think two or three names come to mind. One of them is Sierra Nevada. For sure, mm-hmm. um, and I also think Anchor Steam is a good one. That is a that is a that is one I did not think of, but that is mm-hmm. one that probably should be the Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, as so starting the beer revolution in the West Coast. I think Anchor Steam's a good one. I will point this out just as a as a little like, and I and I have agreed to add Boston Lager as the the George Washington, but Anchor Steam has been brewed since 1896 out of California, so it is a it is. Oh. Damn. For it is for all intents and purposes a very long standing beer as well. Something that we disagreed with Yingling on. So my vote would be to go with Sierra Nevada because I feel like that is what influenced Hetty Topper. 
is it went Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which changed the game, and Hetty Topper, which changed the game again. So it's not even the same game they're playing. Right. Different games. Well, I mean, I think before think about this, before Hetty Topper It was all a running game. Sierra Nevada was a <laughs> Sierra Nevada was like the like their pale ale was or their torpedo was was the thing. Right. And it's and their pale ale started it all. I mean, I mean that, that beer is amazing. So I so I would put Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as as the Thomas Jefferson on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I think that. that's fair. I think that's fair. So did we hit all four then? Have we decided? No, no we, don't have think... a, we don't have a... We did not pick a Teddy. A Teddy Roosevelt. Right. Yeah. Well, so Teddy Roosevelt's the youngest president on Mount Rushmore. I think Teddy Roosevelt should then be the newest beer. Hmm. Um, you know, like, what represents the next step in craft brewing to you guys? Um you know, we we, t- we have beers from the Northeast, we have beers from the West, maybe an up-and-coming North Carolina beer or something down Southeast, maybe Cigar City, I don't know. Mm. What okay. do you represent the future of craft beer Maybe in something America? like a, like a, and I know you guys haven't had this, so it's kind of tough for me to, to sell you guys on this, but a Jester King type brewery out of Texas is something a little bit more unique. Um, they do IPAs, but they don't do them... Uh, I don't know. I was going to say, I, I see the, the future of craft beer being more of these either like milkshake type beers or the uh, fruited sours or something like that. Like, I think it's definitely taking a turn towards that because I was thinking I was thinking like Southern Grist, but that's because I'm from, you know, originally, originally from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> originally, uh, second originally. <laughs> the second originally from Tennessee, or even like a 450 North, which I haven't had their stuff, but I know they're always highly coveted and they do like a, a lot of really awesome stuff. So, I mean, honestly, I think that last one Fox, could be like whatever Fox beer Farm? you're drinking now. Like, that's the that's the last one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Fox Farm's doing, a sa- doing sours, but, you know, at the same well, time, they're doing IPAs and they don't I, do milkshake, I, though. True, true. I don't know. I, that's just kind of what I. I see a lot of i mean would a, would teddy roosevelt be more like like a treehouse like a julius where it was like you know the next evolution you know that's a good guess i, I or not a guess but i think that's a good a good one to put up there because treehouse i think is going to be a line in the sand moment where 10 20 years from now treehouse is going to be still be around still doing their thing and still be treehouse yeah so that's I think a good point yeah they were the ones who like basically took hetty topper's game to the next level and made it something entirely different, but entirely the same and unique to their themselves. Right. It's it's a weird me- mishmash, and they will tell you that they were heavily influenced by the Alchemist. Yeah, yeah, and you could taste it too. So right. I think we figured it out. Then that's I think it. We got yep. our four beers again. We might be biased. Let us know. Email us in, or you know, don't let us know if you're wrong. If you don't agree, just, <laughs> just you know what? Let us know by rating us five stars and then leaving in the review what you think the four would be and then we'll read that on the show right yeah yeah that's good we'll we'll yeah. we'll read five star reviews on the show that's perfect yeah. <laughs> i feel like that's good audio quality right there there you go yeah. listen to how much people love us listen to yeah. how great we is so i think it's time to put the mailbag away for until next time goodbye hedwig and close that up Yep, there Chris is it's all the way the, now. The, the the mail pile back in the corner. <laughs> Shove it back over behind Tote Mountain. Yeah. All right, so I think it's time folks for everybody's favorite segment where we fill up our new little house pewter mugs full of frosty 
frosty wisdom <laughs> with our three hammers here. Um, freshly, freshly coming from Oktoberfest, we rebring you life advice, tips, tricks, hacks, etc. Um, I have one I'm really excited about. This is a birthday present that I'm bringing on the podcast here. Um, Happy this, belated birthday. Thank you. I know yeah. I texted you on the day as well, but... Yeah, I'll, I appreciate it, and um, I'm glad that I could bring this this product on here because I finally got a chance to try it out. It's also and April 1st too, right? That's my... Yeah, that's my official Facebook birthday, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is the Sudski Shower Beer Holder. Um, I don't know about you guys. I enjoy a nice shower beer. You know, if it's Friday after work, I come home. And go out and hit the clubs as you know you typically do on a Friday evening. Gotta get up, you know. What kind of life nice do you started. live out in Montana where you're hitting the clubs? Isn't that a, what everybody does on Friday? A. What type of life do you live? B. What type of clubs are in Montana? Like, do people bring their cows? No, it actually says on the front door, no cows allowed. But how, how about their moose? So, moose are okay. Moose can come in. Yeah, but they have to pay double cover. Okay, because they got the four legs. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They yeah. do it by axle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> each each set of hips you have, you must pay a cover. Yeah. But uh, you know, I like I really enjoy the shower I have in my condo. It's not a full tub though. It just is like a stand up shower with a glass door. So unfortunately not a lot of shelf space, which means not a lot of place to put my shower beer in. Um so I was happy to get this as a present. This sticks to any non-porous surface. It's just like a straight-up silicone back, and I guess the friction with the silicone. It says it's made with, quote, patented grip technology, revolutionary space-age drainage system. And I think I think the space age was back in the 60s, but uh, <laughs> I think we're in the information age here. But, you know, I'm not going to knock them for trying here. You know, you just jogged my memory that um you did not buy me a – a, a birthday gift so uh i feel like you should just send me one of these in the mail like amazon okay. Pr- amazon prime it to me right to my house maybe i will but the, so the question is do you have space in your shower for a beer or do you need one of these as a someplace to hold it no um much like you i also have a standing only shower we it's have tough a, right There's we have a separate like, jacuzzi tub which is fantastic but it is a separate standing shower with like glass doors like the slide the stupid sliders that like fall off the track and stuff like that yeah and like when you're getting home from work on friday and you still want to make it out to happy hour before they stop those deals you got to shower quickly and you got to pound that shower beer yeah time to be putting it on the ground and getting water in there and right what what i usually do is i usually have to you know take a shower with one hand and it's it's not as efficient right yeah i hear you how do you squeeze the bottle and you know it's like you can't Anyway, I use a, I use a I use a bar of soap. I don't know what type of bottle you're talking about. You know, for your hair. Oh, just you take that shit and you turn it upside down and just squeeze it on top of the head and then rub it in with one hand. That, well, okay, so Ted has it figured out. But for those of you who <laughs> would like some place to put your beer down in the shower, I highly recommend the Sudski Shower Beer Holder. Um, it looks pretty cool. It sticks to like I said any non-porous surface like tile or glass. Uh, you know, a glazed tile that is. Um, so we'll put a link to the show notes. Does it stick to plastic? Like a yeah, like a tub. Yeah, like 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 you know, like insert tub here. Right. Yeah, it would stick to a tub. Because like yeah. mine is stand up. It's all plastic, but with no tub. It's kind of it's very weird. Oh okay. I have a yeah. seat in my shower though. Oh there. You, wait, so you can't put the beer on the seat? 
You I, you could, but it gets kind of wet because the water kind of falls in the sea and spots Okay. And gotcha. nobody wants to drink shower water. Right. And then plus, like, when you're sitting down to shave your legs, where are you going to keep your beer then? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and they're awfully hairy by Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's what I have for my handle. I tested it out before going out this weekend. It's great. Um, so with that, I'm going to hand this frosty mug over to Tud, the one and only, who's got that middle handle all ready to go. Yeah, so my handle this week is going to be something, I don't know if a lot of other states do this, but Connecticut does, and I know that a majority of our listeners are Connecticut-based. Um, so it's it's a home energy assessment through EnergizeCT.com. So whether you're an Eversource customer or not, you can go on to EnergizeCT and sign up to have these, somebody from them that's, like, somebody from an actual, like, reputable contractor company like ALO, for example, come out to your house and do a home energy assessment where they basically put a giant fan on your front door, turn it on and make like a 20 mile an hour like wind tunnel in your house. No way. Yeah. And they go around and they feel for like cracks in like around like window seals and like where like air is being drawn from in your house. Hmm. And they make a note of where that is and then they go around and they seal that for you. So they use like caulk and putty and uh, sp- expanding or expanding spray foam, chewing gum. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever they can do to stop airflow. And so they 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 have a, an assessment of what your house should be at as far as um, cubic feet per minute as far as airflow goes. I mean, like when they, they turn this giant fan on, like how much it's supposed to suck out. Right, it's supposed to be really efficient. Um, my house is supposed to be at like nineteen seventy five when they tested it. It was at like twenty eight hundred. They were able to get me down to like twenty one hundred. So the lower is the better. The lower the better. That's less. You, so you got a pretty drafty house, is what you're saying. And now yeah, it's I mean less my house drafty. was built in 1930, 1938, so mm. it's it's pretty old. But they come out and they do that, and then they also replace all your light bulbs with energy efficient LED bulbs. So the idea is to lower your electricity bill, um, to make your house more efficient. Mm. It costs. $175 if you do natural gas. If you're running oil or electric heat, it's only 150 It is well worth it. They come in, they do an entire... It, it takes like six hours to do. So make sure that you're taking a day off or working from home that day. Um, and make sure that gets done. Another thing that they do too for people who have central air units is they will actually seal your ducts. And they'll take all the holes in your ducts and they'll seal it up with like this like Elmer paste glue type stuff and make sure that your house is super energy efficient i think a lot of other states in the country do this as well so yeah, i, I think recommend- it's a federal program so uh, yeah I okay think each run it's run by each state like you're saying energize ct is connecticut's but your state should have one of these programs yeah so nice. i recommend looking into that um if you've already done it in the past you can only do it once unfortunately but i will say that we got more than our money's worth the guy alone sprayed you know, $800 worth of expanding foam in our basement to seal in cracks in our, you know, because we have a stone foundation, to seal in cracks in our stone foundation and stuff like that. So I recommend it. Probably one of the best $175 I've ever spent. All my lights are great. Go to Energize CT or Google it and find your own state's program and sign up for that. Because who wants to spend more money on electricity? Not this guy. Those of you with, with old drafty houses who are listening to this, you know who you are. You know you've been putting <laughs> this off. You just do it. Right. It's the yeah. time of year. You know, the weather's getting colder. The days are getting shorter. Just get just get it done. Yeah. AKA, we're going to call out uh, listener to the pod, Nick. Nick, your house is old. Do this. 
Yeah. So if you're an if you if you're a Nick or you know someone who is a Nick, <laughs> you get it. Call done. them out on a podcast, please. Yeah. And so with that, I'm going to hand the handle off to Chris. Bring us home, buddy. All right. Last handle this week. So I'm going to put over a video game. It is a Switch game, and it's the remake of The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Have you guys played this before? I played it on my... Was this was this on... Um, oh, what the hell's the name of that handle? Game Boy. Yeah, that one. This was game a Game Boy, Boy game. Game Boy Color. It was a Game Boy game originally, yes. Game Boy Color. Well, they made it. I think they remade it for Game Boy Color too. I think it was yeah. Link's Awakening DX, if I do recall. Yeah, correctly. I believe you are right. Yes, they had um, they had two colors, <laughs> black and white, and not black and white. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I bought it a couple weeks ago, and I've been playing it uh, on and off with my crazy work schedule. Um, the good thing about it is I haven't played the game in probably twenty years or more, so uh, I don't remember anything of it and it's uh they did a really good job the graphics are uh, i'm gonna say a little bit more cartoonish than even like your normal zelda game would be or would look kind of like wind waker right yeah kind of like maybe yeah like around same kind of not the same exact design but the same expectation i guess but it doesn't take away from the game i will say though it is pretty it's a lot harder than I remember it being. <laughs> like <laughs> back in our pre-internet days. Right? Yeah, yeah. There was. A, I don't know how I beat this as a. I don't know. However old I was, nine year old or eight year old or whenever it came out. Um, because there's definitely times where I'm like, where the hell am I supposed to go? And I actually have to like Google for hints because I'm like I. And after I find out what it is, I'm like, I would have never found that. I'd just be yeah. on the same stage for forever. <laughs> so, um, but really good game. Uh, from what I read, uh, it's not a very long game. I think it's like, you know, you beat it within 15 or 20 hours, but eh, I don't care. I like That's Zelda. half a work week, buddy. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I like Zelda and I don't care. I've played worse games with less replay value than that. So um, if you're looking for a good Switch game and you like The Legend of Zelda, I would uh, I would check out Link's Awakening. If you've never played it before, check it out for the first time. If you've played it before, check it out again. Hashtag fun fact. Stay tuned to next week's episode when I review a video game as my. Oh, ooh. L- links, links go to sleeping. It's an interesting yeah. name for a game. We'll get it because it was like Link's Awakening. Yeah, it's the opposite. And so with that, we'd like to th- we'd like to thank you all for listening. And we'd like to thank the breweries who provided today's beers. I am going to go first with the Black Barn Program number seven Fresh Hop IPA by Main Beer Company. I would like to thank Bissell Brothers for the nuclear whim with the fuse of a mile. And I want to thank Dust Bowl Brewing Company for their California line vanilla blonde as provided by friend of the show, Jordan. Thank you. Please follow us on all social medias at DAWF Podcast. Uh, Hashtag follow the email at DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending all those questions, all those thoughts, and all those comments to the email. Obviously, we read them live on the podcast as we did today. Um... Make sure you guys are going to our Patreon and subscribing. We've actually put up two new episodes in the past, like, two weeks on Patreon. So make sure you're going to look at that. All it costs is a minimum of a dollar. You can give us $1,000. You can give us a million dollars. You can give us a billion dollars a month if you want. But it only costs $1 if you just want to get all the exclusive content. If you're going to give us a billion dollars, just give shoot us an email. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon doesn't need that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before you do that, even a million just email us. We'll figure that shit out. <laughs> I'll um, give you my Venmo information. 
Now, if if somebody actually wants to pay twenty five dollars to watch Chris drink a Bud Light Clamato, do that too because that's perfect. Also, make sure you guys are clicking on our Amazon affiliate link. One quick note on last week's podcast. Obert gave you guys a little bit of direction on how to make sure you guys always have a direct link. Obert, can you give us another tutorial again on how to do that? Yeah, because that was I kind of rushed it in there at the end. But I thought it was pretty handy because I've done this myself and it works out pretty good. Especially if you have an iPhone. I can't speak for the Android users out there. Maybe I could let Chris do that. But again, you're going to take your Amazon app that you always use to order your Amazon stuff. Delete that. Get that out of here. That's gone. Right? Yeah. Kick that shit to the curb. Cl- yeah. Click on our link. It's going to open in Safari. Go and then do the options and then do save on homepage. That's going to make a new website. And that's a new icon on your iPhone. Hang on. For the phone illiterate people there, the options thing is the little square with the little up arrow. Click that and then click make shortcut on on homepage. Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't sure the exact way to do it. Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. And, And now every time you think Amazon... You don't even have to think about our podcast. It just looks like an Amazon app. You can call it whatever you want. You call it Amazon. Call it D-A-W-F dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Um, and use that for all your Amazon purchases. And give us a little kickback with no extra cost to you or anybody. It's really just money for us. So why not? All right. So with that, my name is Todd. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. Hey, Todd, have you seen The Joker? I have. It's amazing. Yeah. I heard it was bad. The Joker's a bad movie. All right, that's what it comes <laughs> I, thought, I thought you wanted to talk about it as uh, Patreon. Uh, I thought we were going to do that. Oh, yeah.